Let's Talk Native is produced at the LTN Studios on the Cataraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for Native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. No prayers, no buffalo speeches, and no spirituality shows. While this podcast does not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do take a tough look at history, oppression, and our survival. We highlight the voices of Native activists, writers, poets, artists, thinkers, and musicians who are fighting for the rights of Indigenous people all over Turtle Island. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. In this moment of historical change and social justice, our voices matter now more than ever before. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. Sego, and thank you for joining the program. Um, we got a good show lined up for tonight. Um, we have to revisit some of the issues that we talk about from time to time because uh, everything's in a state of flux. Sometimes uh, there is movement within a certain fight. And tonight we're going to talk about the mascot issue, uh, in particular the, the high school mascot issue. Um, it's, it's interesting that since the Washington football team has uh, abandoned its racial slur for a name, uh, it, is, it has caused some momentum for high schools to at least revisit. But you would think that when something as large as the, as the Washington football team, you know, a huge franchise, multi-billion dollar franchise, has to cave on the issue, you would think some of the schools would stop digging in. Well, I've got my, uh, my guest tonight is, is Donna Van Boyle. Uh, Donna lives in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, and her, um, she lives close to, in the Neshaminy, I should say, within the Neshaminy School District. And Neshaminy High School is one of those schools that continues to dig in no matter what. So let me first uh, go ahead and introduce uh, Donna Van Boyle as my guest tonight. Donna, thanks for joining me again. John, thanks for inviting me on. I'm always willing to talk about this crazy mascot issue. <laughs> well, and it just doesn't ever seem to um, uh, change for some schools. Although other schools have, um, uh, you know, obviously are are adjusting. Uh, I uh, was reached out to by um, uh, by David uh, Peniston, who is a school board member at Glastonbury, Connecticut High School, and they were. Um, known as the Tomahawks, and uh, they were revisiting this thing. And, and of course, this one, this name is, is a little different because it is not referring to um, us as a people, but it's referring to an object that you can't envision without envisioning the people who, who wielded that object. And so there was a big debate on whether um, an object could be considered deemed offensive. And so that's what David had reached out to me over, and we had a long conversation. I think I helped him sort some of this out through, you know, he had already had a, a strong feeling about this. But I think listening to a Native person who's involved in this issue, uh, like myself or like yourself, um, I think some people who want to learn can learn. The ones who don't want to learn, eh, they're gonna, not going to move no matter what you, no matter what, what we present to them. But um, 
So this is, it was interesting. And, and just last night, the Glastonbury Tomahawks retired that name. And uh, uh, they voted seven to one. one only one board member uh, wanted to keep it. And so it's just another in a long line of high schools that even recently have begun to address it and, and actually address the issue in quite short order. Sometimes, as you know, <laughs> more than most, some schools will drag this battle on for years. Um, and I, I guess you should probably give us an update on what is the latest or where things stand with Neshaminy High School, um, especially in light of the uh, um, Human Relations Board and, uh, and and all that other stuff. But give me an update on, on where Neshaminy is. Uh, well, with Neshaminy, it's um, the one, the school board president who um, is the, he's like the arch nemesis on this because he's got his heels dug in so deep. And he, um, of course, listens to only that one group that we are just, you know, that goes around and tells these schools that we, that they're our guardians and that we all love being mascots. And so the school board president will only listen to them and he ignores, you know, the, the decades of work done by NCAI and, you know, all the other organizations um, and, you know, all the tribal, you know, stances against the mascots and all the other native voices he just totally ignores that and will not even allow that um you know that that opposition to him to be um spoken about or or you know he, he won't allow any other education you know to help people understand why these mascots are wrong and, and um, this and this group almost suggests that our whole reason for being is uh, are for mascots and that mascots right. are the only reason that we remain relevant. They, they've actually said this. They've actually said yes. that without being used for mascots, we would somehow disappear, disappear. from not just the lexicon, but from from history. It would be our demise as a as, as a race, as a species, if we if we are not allowed to be uh, utilized uh, and mocked as mascots. That's literally what this organization that, that this school board president is listening to. Right, right. And that organization, well, I know that they're really up in arms right now because of Washington changing their name, Washington football team changing their name. And I've noticed that their website, their webpage is changing and they're trying to find ways to fight the, the Washington name change. And they are really uh, showing their presence in other school districts. And there's um, so my my um, coalition. It's the coalition of natives and allies that um, I you know co-founded with um, three other um, women. And uh, two of us are native, and two non-native. So it's the coalition of natives and allies. Instead of saying that we are the guardians of all natives. Um, you know, we, we work together. And so we have um, been called on to go to different schools and speak. We've been called on to write statements um, because we want to support anybody in a community that has this mascot tree that wants to um, see it change. And uh, so that group, Hanaga, has gone to every 
place in Pennsylvania, apparently, that is, you know, on target for, you know, having their mascot dealt with and has already warned them who I am. <laughs> and so today I was, you know, there was um, Fair, which is the only other Redskins, which Nishamini is. And so we have um, some people that we're working with that um, want to see the, that mascot change, too. And so one of the, the young women who spoke at their school board meeting last night, she uh, did a, a new, an interview or they, they did a news report on her speaking. And, of course, all the nasty comments came on. And there was people there that said, oh, so I, you know, commented, I wanted to support her. And there were people that said, oh, we were just waiting for you. We've already been told about you. So they, that's what Naga's doing. They're just going around and trying to, um, you know, discredit people. And they, as far as went and told people that, that, um, that Nishamini won their case, but that's not true at all. They, they were ruled against twice. And they appealed the ruling twice. And then um, when things got really bad, um, I was having some concerns. And so the, it ended up, the state ended up taking over the uh, case. And so it's the state of Pennsylvania against the Shamini. And there was, you know, the, the hearing and there was the ruling, which, you know, it was a very absurd ruling saying that they could keep the redskin word, but they had to do away with all the imagery. Which so it's not really a win for Nishamani. Well, even even um, the idea of keeping the word, they they still have to somehow um, uh, prove that that by using the yes. word they are not uh, you know uh, promoting you know any any kind of racism. And so exactly. the the standard that they that are that they're being asked to meet is really kind of an impossible standard. So uh, yeah. So the ruling was not favorable to them. In fact, they're trying to appeal this ruling as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. But these people seem these people are telling other school districts that that Nishamini won their case. And, I, and so I had to say to these people, usually people who win their case don't appeal. Like if the if the uh, the case is, you know, if the ruling is in your favor, you don't appeal. Yeah. So if they're appealing, then, you know, apparently they didn't win the case or it wasn't to their liking. I mean, this, so, is, this may be the, the only school that actually is forced to adopt Redskin potatoes as their mascot to conform exactly. to, to to the state's uh, uh, exactly. to, to the state's mandate here. It's, right, because what other image are they going to have? And that was the thing that I had said. You know, so what is their image going to be? A potato? And of course, that one person said something to me about what well, was that a, a, a insult to Irish people? And I was like, what are you even talking about? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Are redskin potatoes Irish? I, 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 uh, no. I <laughs> well, they could go with a redskin onion, I guess, but you know that might make them that might make them cry. Cry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're already doing a lot of crying anyway. So. Well, but, and the other thing they, is that the, yeah. that the ruling actually um, uh, forces them to commit a certain amount of resources to dealing with the uh, um, with the explanation and teaching about the issue isn't that isn't that wasn't that something in the ruling as well yeah that they had to um, as long as they wanted to keep the word that they had to educate the community about um, stereotypes and racism and discrimination and you know and let them know that the reason why that they are not using the native image is because it's a stereotype so they um, they had to for as long as they want to keep that word, they would have to educate. And so it was 
before they were saying that um, it, it they were doing, you know, the Nishamani had this um, mascot as honor. You know, it was for honor. Well, and that they wanted to educate. They wanted to put education into their curriculum, more education. But then when the PHRC told them that you have to put more education into the curriculum, then they said, oh, no, it's too expensive. <laughs> and now the school board president is saying he is, you know, he doesn't think that an, uh, a government agency should be overseeing a school board because a school board is a um, entity that was, you know, elected or elected officials and they represent the people. So he thinks that no government agency should oversee a school board, which is totally ridiculous because that's what these government human rights agencies are for. Yeah. So, well, and, and for anybody to talk about expense, you gave me a number once on how much money they have spent defending the use of native mascots and this nickname. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, 435000 And then the appeal, I think, is 20000 So you're talking, you know, over $450,000. And by the, you know, when with the other attorney fees and all, I would imagine that by the time it gets to appeal, it's going to be like five, half a million dollars. Oh, sure. I'm, so, I'm sure of that. And, of course, yeah. you know, the – Washington football team was the example that many of these schools, especially the schools that use yes. the, the R word, um, they would always yes. cite, well, the Washington football team, that's yes. in the nation's capital. And uh, and if it's good enough for them, I mean, if, if they can use that uh, that name, which even though Washington, uh, the, the case for the trademark uh, was dropped because of the, uh, the Asian band, the Slants, yes, using the slant. a, a slur for their name. Um, there was no question that the courts had ruled that it was a derogatory, it was a racial slur. They never said that the name was okay. They just said that the right. that, that the patent and trademark office could not prohibit um, yes. trademarking a uh, you know a derogatory racial slur, even though that was kind of the policy of the patent and trademark office in the first place. But right, and yeah, so, and so, even Simon Tam from the Slant said, you know, they they took this, you know, um, filed this claim or this case because as Asians, they should be able to call themselves whatever they want. But they didn't, but they didn't feel, or Simon didn't feel that it was okay for non-natives to then, um, you know, use derogatory terms or, or um, use a native identity. He was t totally against that. Well, it's, it's no different Asian. than, I mean, to suggest that a black person can't use the N-word, whether it's in music right. or comedy or, or, or whatever else. I mean, uh, you know, I would suggest that they can take ownership of and try sure. to, you know, revalue that, that word. But it still doesn't give me a right to run, run around and call no. black people the N-word. And, and nor does the, the um, do, does this Asian band in their case, give me the right to run around and call every Asian person uh, a slant. I mean, it would be, right. it would be absurd. So, um, right. yeah. And I, so I know even as they won their case and they saw how it was going to impact um, the Washington football team, I, I did see some of the comments that came from uh, some of those band members. And, but the, the long and the short of it is Washington in the wake of black lives matter and the murder of George Floyd and, and a lot of social consciousness coming, uh, coming out of, this, the clear um, racism that is being that has been demonstrated, especially with this uh, with this current presidential administration, 
Washington had to cave in because their sponsors basically said, look, yeah. you've got to, and this was Nike. I think this was FedEx. This was yeah. Walmart and Target Pepsi. and Amazon, uh, Pepsi, right. all of them. So right. Washington did have to cave. So it, it does make you wonder when you look at a school like Neshaminy, how do they, how do they really think they're going to dig in? Because, you know, I got to think, even if the, uh, I, I think the bar gets raised even within the ruling of the uh, human uh, human rights commission or, or human relations um, commission, I think it's going to be really hard for for Nishamani to persevere not only in, in an appeal but to even persevere in trying to conform to the to the ruling that they got. It just seems like they're going to spend a ton of money and a lot of resources, a lot of energy, at a time when schools are struggling with so many other uh, other yeah. issues. You know, just to keep fighting this thing. And and again. Unlike many schools, whether it's Glastonbury or, or whether it's, you know, Lancaster High School out here or some of the schools that you, that you and I have uh, talked with. I mean, there was a, a, sc a school in um, uh, Wilmington, uh, Delaware that I'd gone mm -hmm. to visit. I mean, there there are schools that that have brought in native people to try to understand what our perspective is on this thing. And and, you know, when 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 you push through it all. It really comes down to the idea of a non-native population of people, mo most of the time predominantly white, feeling like they have the white privilege that enables them to appropriate the, um, some bastardized image of native people and to define what native people are through that imagery and then claim that imagery for themselves. And, and you know, to listen to a, a school say, oh, no, we're the we were we're proud Indians. And no, yeah. you're, you're not. And uh, right. and besides that, the word's wrong. And no, you're <laughs> not proud Redskins. You're not proud warriors. You're white folks right. who are trying to appropriate a native image and maybe a reference or a word and and lock us, dehumanize us to the point that you're going to mock your idea of what a native person is. So what you do is you promote that stereotype mm -hmm. you're teaching your children that that this is what an indian is what a redskin is what a warrior is and you're eliminating i mean to listen to, to that organization refer to uh. being a mascot is is, is makes us relevant no dehumanizing us makes us irrelevant and and irrelevant. it is it is a it's, it's a form of genocide i mean i i know right. that people think that it's sensationalizing um something like this to call it genocide, but anything that you do that creates a condition that makes, uh, or, or creates a condition where our existence is challenged. And so whether right. that existence is challenged, not only in history, but in recognition, in, in how people see us and how, how, what people think we are, that's still right. a form of genocide. Right. And you know what, John, today I was listening because somebody posted the, um, video that you did with, you know, you had my voice in there mm -hmm. and um, somebody posted that and I was listening to it again and I just thought how relevant it is um, that Frank L. Baum wrote what he, you know, said what he said about, you know, being a, a pack of whining curs that licked the hand that smite them and that it would be better for all natives to be gone instead of, you know, looking like that instead of the proud, you know, redskin or warriors that we should, that we once were. Um, and for him to say that we should all be gone, and it was around that time, right after that time, that all these mascots, you know, started. 
And because people are saying that, you know, they have this 90 year tradition. And so and he said he said those words like, what, 100 years ago. And and it just makes so much sense. It just hit me like he wanted us all gone. And then when, you know, when Native voices were silenced and Native people couldn't, you know, be Native people, you couldn't practice your your spiritual, you know, your cultural ways. Um, and then white people took on the native image and the native, you know, they wanted to be the warriors. And, and that was all they could see, though. It was weird. It's weird because they didn't see all the horrendous things that happened. They didn't see the genocide. They ignored all that. And all they see us as is these fierce bloodthirsty warriors and that's what they wanted their football teams to be and it's just so bizarre to think well when, and, when Fra- and frank of- and frank l Baum called it i mean or l frank Baum. i'm sorry he called it what he said is if we eliminate them if we exterminate yeah. them then we can speak in later ages about the grand kings of the forest and the plain and so i mean that's literally his quote he said let's yeah. get rid of them now because not right now they're they they they're, they're an embarrassment you know, they're, right. they, you know, their manhood has been effaced. They are, but like you said, a pack of wine and curd that licks the hand that smites them. It's better that they die. It's better that we be exterminated, annihilated is the word he used. Right. Um, rather than, than to live the, the lives that they had reduced us to. And then he said, exactly. if we, essentially, if we eliminate them, then we can talk, you know, in later ages about how great they were. And, he stopped short of saying, and we can pretend that they are us. But that's, right. I mean, that's literally what he was saying. So when these mascots are used, they create this false image of, of, of this, you know, fierce fighting warrior as if that's what we only were. And, right. and of course, they also, they don't, they ignore the fact that we're still here. I mean, that, mm-hmm. we're, that we're still alive. So, right. yeah, it, it is it is really just the the epitome of white privilege to to take a people that you intentionally committed genocide against, calling for the extermination and annihilation of us, and then mock us so you can you can play Indian, even while again when you look at the the time frame and put things in into perspective, while native kids are being ripped out of their homes and mm. sent to to these church schools where they are forbidden to speak their language, forbidden, forbidden to, to wear their, their native clothing or, or, their, or have long hair. They have it cut off. They have their names changed. They have their mouths washed out for even speaking their language. And they are literally you know, uh, being trained under a policy of kill the Indian to save yeah. the man. And, and, you know, and that's all happening at the same time white kids are being encouraged to... You put their mom's lipstick on their face for war paint to beat their oatmeal yeah. drums and to and to play Indian and play football as as these fierce warriors that that the United States did everything they could to destroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, another thing that I find really bizarre and, and somebody said this today on that Facebook um, thread that, you know, when they talk about, you know, being fierce warriors, we're honoring these force, these fierce warriors and these, you know, these great people and then when they can't win the argument anymore they say you were just so weak and you were, we conquered you so just go away 
Yeah. When, when we try to defend our identity, they said, your identity is nothing. You are weak. Right. You are con you're conquered people. Then what are you, what in, in what, what the are hell you? are you trying to emulate that, the image of that, uh, right. of those people then, if that's what you think of us. And of course, right. they demonstrate what they think of us because if we don't agree with them, if we, if we suggest to them what they're doing is wrong, they become terribly offensive. Like I said, I, I yes. posted a meme a few a month or so back where I said the only thing more offensive than the use of these racial <laughs> yes. slurs is the response from uh, from these white people when you tell them that they're, that it's wrong. I mean, their response yep. is really really offensive. So yeah, well, and I and I took that and I posted. Well, I once again got allowed on the Nishamani Facebook page. You know, I've been banned from that numerous times. So I put a little, I put my initial in my name and then they decided to let me back on again. And then I, and so, you know, we were having some conversation. I'm like, okay, this is going good. They're allowing me to, to say some things. And then you posted that and I'm like, I'm taking it, I'm posting it. And I put it on there and boom, I was gone. I was <laughs> and that's not even a terror. It's not like you're calling anybody a name or anything else. No. You're just saying that the response from people, once you tell them that's wrong is, you know, that's, you know that the response is, is is even more offensive than than the act in the first place. But uh, well, all they could see was that I called them racist. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 incredible. It really is incredible. Yeah. So, but I really thought that with um, you know Washington, you know when when that news came out that they were changing, it was like God, oh, like you know this light was shining and everything's going to change. And we have seen so much change. We've been involved. Our organization has been involved with um, Radnor School District, which is the Raiders. It was the Red Raiders. They changed it to Raiders, but they still have the native imagery. So we've been involved with that one. We've been involved with Belfont and Sayre, and um, there's been some other ones, Unionville. And, um, and, and, you know, and all the, like, there are schools that have actually changed, like, quickly. Like, things changed after what happened with George Floyd. And, you know, like, people had to pay attention now. And, but it just seems like Pennsylvania... You know, I think people think that Pennsylvania is progressive, but uh, Pennsylvania is like um, very uh, uh, racist. <laughs> well, and, it's, and it's, it is interesting, though, because this issue does cause such polarization that even a place that where you think the people might be, you know, be more progressive or, or, or open minded. They can become very close-minded as it relates to this. And look, there's still still two schools in New York State that have the R word: uh, Kennesteel Greenwood down in uh, close mm -hmm. to the Pennsylvania border, and um, and one out near Utica, New York, uh, um, Ariskany uh, School. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and they are very very difficult to, to have conversations with. And of course, beyond the, the you know the word redskin, there are still you know warriors, Indians, savages, and like I said, Glastonbury. I didn't realize that anybody was using tomahawks. I mean, it's like I mean mm -hmm. some of the some of these are are, are silly names in the first place and look there are any number of names that people can use that are uh, that would not be as inappropriate as trying to marginalize a people or mock a people and mm -hmm. when you try to use any image imagery that is associated with native people and locks us i mean honestly even even the conversation about things like tomahawks i had one mm -hmm. woman i was going back and forth with she says well no i think tomahawks are um, a symbol of peace i said they were used for <laughs> breaking people's heads in they 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 weren't axes and they weren't hammers they were they were war clubs they were for smashing skulls and it's not like yes. it's all we ever did but when you put an image of a tomahawk 
That's the mm -hmm. image that comes up. And then she said, yeah, but some of them are fashioned into pipes. So I thought they were like peace pipes. I said, you're talking about your head shop that has, uh, you know, <laughs> pipes that are fashioned into weapons. I mean, that's that's not us. You guys are, you're really reaching. I said, now you're being completely dishonest. I mean, she, right, she tried right. to suggest that that tomahawks were symbols of trade and peace, oh. not symbols of war. Said, oh, you're, you're, now you're, now you're, you're just reaching. lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're Well, you lying. know, even, even with um, Radnor Raiders, I mean, it was the Red Raiders, and they did away with their, like, physical mascot years ago, and they did away with the red part and just kept it Raiders, but they still have the native imagery. So we're trying to get them to do away with the native imagery. But also, just to, to call yourself Raiders, I mean, come on, that is violent. Like, if you look up the word ra Raider, it's like pillaging and murdering and raping, and that's just not a good image for a school. So... Teach your, children, teach your children well. Hey, Donna, yeah. we're, we're at the bottom of the hour, so we'll, we'll take a little bit of a break here, and I'll come back and give me a chance to wet my whistle, and uh, we'll go out with a little bit of tune, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll be right back. I want to talk about my school when we come back. This is John okay. Kane with Donna Van Boyle, and this is Let's Talk Native. All right, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. I've got my guest, Donna Fan Boyle, joining me today. Uh, before we get back into it, let me uh, thank my sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses. I want to thank Eric White and ERW Enterprises and the folks at Grand River Enterprises. Hey, I also want to uh, plug, we did set up a Patreon uh, account. So if you go to patreon.com slash let's talk native, you can sign up uh, and you know, essentially become a member and uh, you can sign up uh, for, you know, five or ten dollars a month. It, it helps us do um do what we do here, uh, and we're we're continuously adding. In fact, tonight is our first night on our new uh, on our new soundboard, so we're uh, we're always trying to improve what we're doing here and uh, work out the kinks as we go along. But uh, your your support, along with uh, with our sponsors, would be uh, would be greatly appreciated. So again, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash Let's Talk Native. Um, all right, let me get, get back into it. So so Donna, I almost feel guilty because I never took this on sooner. Um, I was always waiting for the for the high school that I graduated from to begin the process, and then I was going to jump in, right? And they never did. <laughs> I went to, I went to a school um, that is fairly from a very fairly progressive area. Look, we still got a lot of you know you know I mean, it's a suburban area. It's called Cambridge, New York. Um, it's close to the Vermont border, but um, you would think that there would be some pretty progressive thought there, but. Um, I first reached out to my classmates. We have a, uh, you know, I'm the class of 1978, the class of 78 Facebook page for CCS, Cambridge Central Schools. And I, and I just floated the idea past to my class member, uh, classmates, and, and I got pretty good response. Not everybody was crazy about this because they are the Cambridge Indians. Mm -hmm. And I went to school there. I mean, this, it's, you know, this is my experience growing up in this town i look i was i was a popular person in, in school and i participated in sports and and that kind of thing and and i i didn't have a self-esteem problem but but i still got called chief i still got called wapu i mean occasionally i got called the uh, pocahontas or and and i and i got called the the n-word with the uh, with red stuck in front of it uh you know so these things have happened and 
And look, for the most part, nobody was beating me up with it. It was almost said like, you know, it's kind of like when, when buddies call each other insults each other, insults to each other. Um, so I guess you could call it a crude term of endearment. So it didn't crush me. But you know what? I'm 60 years old and I still remember the name. So it obviously left an impression with me. And, you know, in this day and age, it's probably time. Now, I got to say, I love the school that I went to. I, I like the teachers. I, I, you know, I enjoyed my classmates. Um, I like the village that I lived, you know, that I was a part of. Um, you know, like I was involved in theater in, in uh, you know, in the community. I mean, I, I did a lot of things there and, and I had a great high school experience. But there was still that awkwardness of being called the Cambridge Indian, especially since I was like the only native. I, my family was the only native family there. There was another native family that was there that moved away and they moved back. And so my my, my buddy's kids went to school there. Um, and frankly, that family has a different view of using native mascots. So, you know, my, my friend, uh, his nickname was Dietz. His... Um, his favorite football team was the Washington NFL team. And his dad, you know, basically um, spoke at the school about how much he thought the name, you know, was important and that kind of stuff. But that's one family. And, and I'll tell you, there is, there sometimes, sometimes can be a difference. And, and, and the difference between me and this family, and the, I'm actually related to that family. I'm married into that family. My wife is, uh, is you know, um, related to, th to that family that's still there. Um, the difference is I live in a native community, so I know what other native people think now, and I'm not condemning, you know, these are friends that I grew up with. I, this family, I was very, very close to growing up. They were, you know, they were popular among white people. They were, you know, everybody recognized them as native people. They did the, they did the powwow trails and that kind of stuff, but they didn't live in a native community. You know, they, and, you know, of course, most of them married non-natives and, uh, and, and, you know, so it, it, they never stayed connected as much to a native, to a native community. So they did feel individually as a family honored by the idea that they were essentially the, the Cambridge Indians for all intents and purposes. But for me, I always found it different because for me, I watched, you know, the uniforms. I watched teams, you know, some very successful sports teams. Cambridge High School has, has a, you know, a, you know a, a real first-class football team that goes to state championships every, uh, every year for its, for its uh, section. Uh, and, and every time I, I see, you know, a headline and, and it says the Indians did this or the Indians scored or, you know, or, or then they do that you know, that typical thing where they talk about Indians slaughtering another team or massacring mm -hmm. another team, and uh, which is, you know, also inappropriate. And so I raised the question, isn't it time for Cambridge to retire its, uh, its nickname and its mascot? And, uh, and I got some pretty good feedback from, from some classmates, you know, some pushback from others. And I started a, a you know, a, a change.org uh, petition and we'll see where this goes. But I, I you know, look, I would have preferred that somebody else took the initiative in the beginning. But once I raised the issue, a bunch of my classmates stepped up. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I was not an unpopular figure in that school, but a, but that's a long time ago. Like I said, it's, it's been many, many years. I, I make it into that town from time to time, but not very often. And, you know, I'm looking to see what happens uh, if I ever get an invite to uh, to address the issue. And it would be 
um, a travesty if I didn't. But we'll see what happens. I, you know, I can make as much noise from Seneca territory as I can from uh, from Cambridge, New York. I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. I went to Council Rock High School, which was the Council Rock Indians, mm-hmm. and so you know, I I I have a different feeling about it that I just didn't feel comfortable with it the whole time that I was there. Um, and, but living in Nishamani as an adult and my children going to the school, that's, you know, that was the battle that I took on, but I too felt the same way that at some point in time I was going to have to address Council Rock. Now, in the meantime, there were some students at Council Rock who did address the issue. And so then, um, I, you know, supported them and, you know, and went onto, uh, you know, their Facebook page that was supporting them and spoke up. And in fact, um, we had, um, every year there's a Martin Luther King, um, uh, Black Lives Matter, um, event, and it's put on by the Peace Center and a few other organizations that, you know, uh, NAACP and all. And I was asked to speak um, two years in a row just to do like a, a land acknowledgement, you know, and um, just to, you know, say some, you know, something. Mm-hmm. And that, that Native people support, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and that thing. And so then, uh, so two years in a row I did that. And then the third year they had, the event every year it's at a different school so the third year they had the event at council rock and i'm like well this is my opportunity to address the issue you know up on stage and so i i wrote the land acknowledgement and and i wrote something to say about how i felt when i was there and about you know it's time for change and i i read it and i said that i was not honored by it as you know a, a teenager and i'm not honored by it now and that you know Native people have been working for decades to, to change it. And, you know, and it was a decent speech. And the uh, principal there, or these, he's, uh, he's one of the principals I heard, wanted to have me drug off stage. <laughs> but it, it would not have looked very good because the news was there. So yeah, yeah. this year when they did the event, I was not – I wondered what happened. I said, did anybody do the land acknowledgement? And they said, no, they didn't. And it was at a different school. It wasn't at Council Rock, but they didn't have anybody do land acknowledgement. I what I did was um, explosive, and so um, we, we, we can't it, we can't have that. No, it was too much <laughs> too much for them to handle. It just yeah, I I just went overboard because you know at a at a um, at an event that's about racial justice or racial injustice and it's about, you know, working towards racial equality, we can have a Native person stand up and speak about how using a mascot is not, you know, being treated as an equal to any other minority. You know, you can't have that happen. Well, this is what I talk about. There's almost a unique racism that Native people experience. And, And part of it is, you know, there's almost like, I don't know, there's there's enough acknowledgement about certain um, civil rights associated with, with black people. Not I'm not suggest, suggesting that, you know, look, Black Lives Matter is an important movement. There's still a lot of racism that black people uh, experience, especially systemic racism with, with police brutality and imprisonment and, you know, pay equality and all that other stuff. Native people, we experience a different, you know, a, a racism almost. A, we, we experience all, a lot of that, too. 
mm-hmm. but there's almost a, a level of acceptance that yes. you know, like racial slurs. Like I said, n- nobody, everybody agrees that you can't go uh, wear blackface, in, right. you know, in, in, to an event. But redface is almost completely acceptable. The fact that you can yeah. use a racial slur for a native person publicly is is very socially acceptable among much of the white population. And in fact, it's even it's even acceptable against uh, among some of the black population. I think we yeah. have seen um you know the the black uh lives matter movement uh really embrace native issues in a way that I think is is, is significant. And that's why we've seen the toppling of Columbus statues and yeah. conquistador statues, Huna Paracera statues and and of course this even what what's transpired with the Washington football team was a direct result of of the Black Lives Matter movement, the the murder of George Floyd and this yeah. reawakening of social consciousness as it relates to to racism. But this and part of the stuff even catches me by surprise. I didn't expect to be um, that Native people would be the beneficiary of some of this. I went out of my way to, to make sure that I did not subscribe to this notion that every time we hear Black Lives Matter, we got to say Native Lives Matter or All Lives Matter. Right. None of that. None of that crap. I I understood right. exactly what Black Lives Matter stood for, and it never had to be appropriated. And I'm still battling Native people who who want to and try to you know try to suggest that it's that it's fine to do that. Um, but but I honestly I, I never expected that we would be. Um, such obvious beneficiaries of mm-hmm. this movement, uh, you know, calling into question, you know, the systemic racism as we have. And, and, and even though you're going to have schools like Neshaminy who are going to dig in, even as the Washington football team changes its name and school after school after school changes it, um, you're, we are seeing success. The, the trend is clear. The, the tide is clear. Um, school after school drops not only the most uh, derogatory names like the R word, but, but, you know, whether it's warriors, Indians, or, you know, savages, Red Raiders, all of that stuff, a lot of them are, are being put under. And, yeah, and school after school is retiring those mascots, retiring those images. Um, it is strange that some schools think that they can retire the word but keep the imagery and not understand mm-hmm. that that the mascot issue is about mocking native people and that's the that's right. the problem it's not just the words that's why even the conversation about something like tomahawk um once you know once enough na- native people explained it to some of the board members and then they could relate it to other board members that's why they voted seven to one to, to get rid of right. the, get rid of the name so i think we're winning this thing in spite of naga or you know the school the few schools that that dig in um it's interesting also and, and you and i've talked about this in the past how this becomes a right versus left issue i mean which yeah. of course it would i mean how wearing a mask turns into mm. a, a right versus left issue yeah. But but the whole idea that that you will have conservatives, Naga and and Maga, the the you know make, yeah. you know the, the the Trumpers. I mean, they they've <laughs> teamed up. They teamed up over that whole debacle in Washington D.C. Um, uh, when that, that those schoolboys wearing their MAGA hats uh, were yeah. uh, you know you know had to stand off with the native person. I mean, it's when I look at you know how this issue has turned into um, you know. Uh, you know, the, uh, it, it aligns with with the battles over Trump and and all that other yeah. stuff. It, it's it's yeah. it's kind of crazy in that way, but I guess understanding that that American society is really in a such a, a spiral right now 
over not just race relations, but there, there's so many divisions, uh, you know, poverty, you know, rich versus poor, you know, black versus white, you know, black, white versus brown, uh, the evangelical right versus, you know, uh, everybody else. I mean, geo, you know, Republicans versus Democrats. It's there's so much division, so much factionalism and. Every issue that becomes a public issue, becomes a social justice issue, is always going to have the right, um, you know, taking a position against it. Whether it's you know, co- you know, Confederate flags or, or you know, re- removing racist monuments or, or, or wording or, or any of that stuff. I mean, it, they, it's clear which where the lines are going to um, go politically, and, um, and 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 we see that in every in every little town. I will yep. say, as I mentioned earlier, though. Even some towns that you would think would be it would be an easier conversation. And, that, and look, I'm not writing off my you know, my alma mater, Cambridge Central School, um, but it's going to be dicey. I mean, I know, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- how much uh, people have grown, um, you know, how much affinity people have shown towards the name Indians, especially as they've had such you know uh, success with their sports teams. Um, it rolls off of everybody's tongue. So I guess we'll have to see how, how this goes. And, uh, but, uh, I'm, I kind of threw the, you know, threw my hat into that ring. So we'll see what happens yep. with it. Yeah. Well, we've, we've been contacted by a group in Philadelphia who, um, you know, it's a black organization and they were looking to change some of the names of the streets, some of the names of, of schools that could be, you know, um, offensive or that maybe had a name of a person who was, you know, a slave trader or had something to do with killing, you know, black people. And they reached out to our coalition and they said, we want you to join us and let us know if there's any schools or street names or anything that is harmful or offensive to Native people. And they they called us to their Zoom meeting and they sent us a list of uh, school names and, you know, and asked us to weigh in on it. So they really, you know, those who understand, who are really understand that it's all about, you know, all racial issues, they are, um, you know, reaching out to other minorities and, um, you know, really want to support those other minorities and protect one another. And, um, and, you know, and it just had a lot to do with George Floyd. I mean, I just, I think, I think when people saw him being murdered for nine minutes, it's like something you, your your eyes were just automatically opened, and you just can't ignore it. And that's what is so bizarre with with Nishamani, you know, because with Washington changing their name, like you said, it was one of the excuses that they used. You know, well, with the you know the the capital of our country has a football team, you know, that uses that word. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. Yeah, yeah. And we'll change when they do. Well, they, they did. Now it's your turn. And, right, right. Why are you still hanging on? Well, and, and you know, and, and some of this, you know, I, one of the things that happened here in uh, uh, in uh, Western New York in Buffalo. Um, Millard Fillmore, who was a uh, obviously one of the, one of the presidents of the United States, who had ties to the to, to Buffalo. Um, there were streets and uh, hospitals and buildings, university buildings named after him, that kind of stuff. And and nobody evaluated. Well, what does that mean? And why honor this guy? What what did he represent? And of course, he was also the president when uh, when he signed into law the the, the Fugitive Slave Act. And uh. for that, and that was 
which which was an attempt to end the Underground Railroad, the idea that Southern slaves could escape to the North for freedom. No, they, they could be pursued in, in the Northern states and then returned into, in, you know, returned back into slavery. And this was Millard Fillmore's, one of his signature uh, legislation, you know, pieces of legislation that he signed. So, so he's been struck. He's been struck from buildings and streets and, and all that stuff in, in here in Western New York. And, and most people didn't even know why, you know, other than the name being familiar, they didn't even know what he represented. And, and, this, and, and, and that's what, again, I agree with you. The death of George, George Floyd um, piqued a lot of people's uh, consciousness. And, and I think it almost uh, tapped into, uh, you know, a, a, a part that, of empathy that has been dead in a lot of people, uh, you know, mm -hmm. something that allowed people to be complicit with racism. If they weren't racist themselves, they could look the other way and ignore it. And when, when a man not just pleads for his life, but when he's in his dying breath calls to his mother, and then you've got bystanders that are pleading with the cops to not kill yeah. him. I mean, the combination of the imagery, the you know, the voices, the sounds, all of that stuff came together. I think, and and it's and the real shame is, Eric Garner went through the same thing. Tamir yeah. Rice, a twelve-year-old boy, gets shot for playing with an airsoft gun. I mean, yeah. the the travesties and the tragedies that have taken place over the years shouldn't they should, never should have happened but the idea that it has to keep happening and keep happening until finally you know people take notice and yeah. and look there are still a lot of people look i, I saw somebody post something today that said that 63 percent of americans think that donald trump is an embarrassment <laughs> but you know what i don't know where that 63 percent comes from the majority of the senate supports him Almost half of uh, the House of Representatives supports him. And the majority of U.S. governors are, are Republicans that support this guy. And they support and, and you can't support Donald Trump and not support the racism and, you know, and, and all of the other flaws in his character you know, that, are, you know, that present themselves every single day. So when when I hear people say that we're, you know, that the majority of people this or the majority of people that. Look, the, the political system is still really, really geared to hang on to these elements of racism. And, uh, you know, and, and that's why the work that we're doing is important work, because we're you know, by shining a light on things like school mascots, we're we're shining a light on the idea of systemic racism, systemic racism mm -hmm. that is embedded in the education of our children. Yep. And and I so when I hear people say, well, aren't there bigger issues to fight? For one thing, yes, there there are other big issues, and we fight them too. We can walk and chew gum yep. at the same time. We can stand up for Standing Rock, and we can we can resist pipelines. We can we can stand with the with the land back movement and and Black Lives Matter. We can stand with all of this stuff and still fight the, the mascot issue. And you know, and and I and I applaud folks like you and Ann and some of the other folks that have been doing this for a, a long time. And it is hard. I mean, look, look this show right now, we're, we're into our 11th year doing Let's Talk Native. And I can't tell you how many time, how many shows I've spent talking about the mascot issue. Yeah. And, and, it, and it ends up being a relevant conversation within, within the conversation about racism, within the conversation mm -hmm. about social justice. It, it is a relevant conversation because if you're promoting stereotypes to children, if you're saying that you can dismiss a people and just characterize them as, you know, cartoonish, buffoonish uh, uh, images and 
and, and essentially ignore the fact that we still exist, then you are you're damaging those children, the non-native children yeah. too. They're being damaged yeah. as well. So yeah, that's I, that's the thing that they don't realize is how damaging it is. And you know what? They can tell me you know, a million times to leave their community. I mean, I had people today say, you live in Langhorne, leave our community alone, and, you know, try to bully me and, you know, call me a clown and everything like that. But you know what I was doing, John, while I was fighting with those people? I'm also a beekeeper, so I was facing off with thousands of honeybees. <laughs> and, <laughs> and those honeybees could, you know, tear me up. They could kill me. And... You know, so those people that are telling me to to get out of their community or to leave them alone, they're nothing compared to. <laughs> I've, I've been watching your videos and your pictures, and uh, I applaud that. I, I I think it's cool what you're doing. So I was, uh, I was multitasking today. <laughs> well, and I know when you joined me on this program, and and I know you've joined me on my show in New York as well. Um, I know oftentimes you're trying to balance multiple things. I know this is kind of, this is kind of late for you, so uh, that's, I had to ask you if I could convince you to stay up past your bedtime for me. So uh. I even my mom's even staying up. All right. Well, you look. It, it is always a joy to have you join me on the program. Uh, I enjoy talking to you. You and I haven't had a chance to to sit together for a number of years, but we'll do it again soon yeah. when all this COVID nineteen stuff is done. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll yes. make a point of it. I'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'm going to come to Langhorn, damn it. <laughs> oh, you, you better. You better come to Langhorn. As long as you have one of those bee suits for me. Yeah, we have an extra one. I'll teach you some beekeeping. <laughs> All right. I'll leave, I'll leave with some honey, too, then. All right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, Donna, I want to thank you again for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on my program. And uh, Thanks, uh, keep up the good work. And, and, and I'm with you. I'm with you every step along the way. Oh, I know you are, and I'm with you, too. Take care. <laughs> All right. Again, that's uh, that's Donna Van Boyle. She is my good friend, uh, my my colleague in the battle, uh, not just for the mascot issue, over the mascot issue. She's she's weighed in on missing and murdered Indigenous women, on uh, water protection, I mean, all of that stuff. I mean, every time we hear somebody tell us that, uh, wow, you guys are focusing on this when we have more important issues. Yeah, we're uh, – I don't know – I, I can't diminish or deprioritize this issue because it is important. It's not just important to you know to native people. It is really important because, again, th this the continuation of of this kind of uh, stereotyping in institutions of education is is very problematic. It, it it is it promotes racism in a way that has been so acceptable over the years. So it, it, it's really important. And I think the work that Donna does and, uh, and, and Remy and, and, and so many other people are doing, uh, and look, there, there are women in particular who have, have played a big role in this issue. Charlene Teeters and uh, you know, Jackie Keeler, uh, Amanda Blackhorse. I mean, uh, so many people over, over the years. Um, and I'm, you know, and, and I'm pleased to join them in, uh, in this battle and, uh, we're going to keep going and, and look until, until all the schools, all the high schools and grade schools and colleges, there's a few of those left too, uh, have dropped this idea of mocking Native people for their amusement and entertainment uh, at the expense of, uh, of our humanity. We're going we're gonna to keep at it. So um, again, hats off to, to, to Donna. Uh, I want to remind people once again, uh, please do check out uh, our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash Let's Talk Native. And I also want to remind people to go to our website, um, letstalknative.com. Uh, I want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, 
and and of course, if you if you're if you haven't subscribe to our uh, our podcasts, and you can just search "Let's Talk Native" with John Kane podcast, and we show up on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, we've got a cr- a bunch of great videos up, not just the videos of this show, but our short form videos. Please do check them out. Encourage people to subscribe and uh, and and share and share the videos that we produce. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Thanks for listening. Don't be scared when the way paralyzes you stay at the gate.